Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? I'm kind of glad February is over with. Yeah, we're it's it, it's the end. Yes, it's March now. I'm hoping things will settle down. February, I, I tweeted it out earlier tonight. We're recording this you know, on Thursday night like we always do. But February of 2019 and May of 2018, probably two of the most unpredictable months I've lived through in the SBC. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. They've been pretty intense. And uh, like you said, unpredictable is good that you really just go into every week not knowing what's coming. It's not just Almost a week, Amy. It's every, every day. Every day. You wake up in the day. morning and you're like, I have no idea what's going to happen today. Yeah. And that's happened multiple times this month. Yes. Multiple yes. times. Yeah. I think you're right. So maybe maybe March is going to be a little bit quieter. I don't we'll know. We'll see. I, I would shudder to think of what it, it would be like if it was more confusing and more uh, scattered than February was. Of course we do, and but we do have big announcements. We're still waiting on. We've got that's true. That's true. Entity positions that are, are open, and as you know, we're in the uh, the countdown. We're gonna we're about to hit 100 days until the yes. annual meeting. Yes, this we Sunday are. is 100 days. And and I'm suggesting a, an addition to our website. Yes, I've said I'm gonna this. put it up. I'm gonna put it. We up. need a we need a countdown clock. It's in the sidebar now. Oh, it's there. Great. It okay, will be I there when look. people look at this. It's not there now while we're recording. <laughs> okay. But when well, I when I put the show up, I'll make the counter when, and I'll put it in. I'll put the when counter. People, in there too. when people listen, they're going to know there's a yes. counter, so you can go. If you're wondering how many days are left until the gavel falls, you can go to SBC this week and find out. And if you'd like to buy Amy a gavel so that it may fall, she'll take any. I gavel have a you gavel. I, I know. have I have a gavel. But you, you, I've had you would be happy to take other gavels too. Well, sure, yes, I, a, a collection of gavels. But I have a gavel that I've had for for twenty years, actually more than twenty years, and it's it's pretty important to me. Nerd. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, so as you know, once we start getting uh, in less than a hundred days, we start getting announcements. You know, we've already gotten some committee announcements from President Greer and we will continue to to see more. Yeah, we should be waiting so, what are we waiting on Amy credentials and tellers. Is that what we're waiting on? Credentials, tellers, and then the committee on nominations. Yeah, their which report. this is not yeah. yeah, this is not connected with the president, but they will have a report coming. Uh so we'll we'll see that. And then let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's it. The Committee on Nominations is brought forward at the convention right. by the Committee on Committees. Right. So I hey, don't believe there's well, anything usually else. We see, usually we see the parliamentarians. I'm very eager to to see that. Amy, I'm, I bet I'm you hopeful. make it. I bet you make it. I'm hopeful. It. We'll see. But those announcements come, and then other things, just in anticipation of the annual meeting. Yep. The uh, so, registration for Giant Cow has to open at some point. And messenger right. registration. That's exactly. opening up soon. So, is it right. open up on March first? I can't remember. I gotta look this we up, Amy. Did it open up today? To this. I haven't seen anything shouldn't... about it, so I'm guessing no. But I'm looking it up yeah, right now we... as we discuss this. Yeah, you see, you're getting any... to see how the sausage is made, folks. That's right. That's right. In in real time, we're looking this stuff up. 
So what I'm saying is I think it's going to be busy, but maybe it won't be quite as intense. We'll see. It's been a, it, it has been a crazy month. Uh, it looks like registration's open. I mean, I'm, I'm on it. It's like register and everything right there on the front page. Oh, look page. at that. There it is. It is. All right, Amy. It's open. You can pre-register now. Looks like it opened up March 1st. So apparently we, we just totally missed that. So yes. But I guess we so, didn't miss it because it is March 1st. When, and, right, when this drops. So, yeah. and you can register as a church messenger or as a guest. And uh, please remember if there is a reason that you're going for your job or if you have some people that you're going to bring, even if you're not a messenger, please, please register as a guest. We we need that for security, for just being yeah, able to know how many people are there. Right. You need some way to sort of verify that you're there. So whether a messenger or a guest, go on in there and get the process started. And uh, and if you are still trying to decide whether or not to come to Birmingham, let me just say, come to Birmingham. Come to Birmingham. Yeah. Because decisions are made by those who show up. And a lot of times on the odd years, we don't have as big uh, of a crowd, but every year is important. Yes. And we've got some important stuff to discuss this year based on a lot of things that happened this week in SBC history, Amy. But that's That's not correct. That's coming up later in the show. I'm just talking about what happened this past week. We'll get to that in a minute. But before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsors. Just last month, a big announcement from Boyce College and the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Matt Hall, the dean up there, announced a new bachelor's degree program at Boyce in Communication. This new program consists of cutting-edge training in the complexities of communication fields for the 21st century with the biblical and theological studies you would expect from Southern Seminary and Boyce College. You can find out more information about this program at boycecollege.com slash communication. That's boycecollege.com slash communication. Thanks again to the guys and gals up at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary for sponsoring this week's show and every week's show. And uh, I, maybe a little bit of mourning, Amy, because Dr. Adam W. Greenway was elected the ninth president of Southwestern Seminary this week. He was the, the previous dean at the Billy Graham School at Southern Seminary. So uh, he is leaving Southern and headed to Southwestern. And has left, I guess, Southern. Right, has headed. it's done. He's there. He's been elected. Yes. And he's there. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to a couple other uh, staffers that went with him. We'll get to that in a minute. But hey, Dr. Greenway, congratulations to the good gentleman from Texas, Amy. Yes. You know, we uh, a lot of times we have thought of him as being the good gentleman from Kentucky for a long time because that's where he has been for the last several years. But he is headed back to Texas. He's a Southwestern graduate and he is going to make Fort Worth his home. This was the biggest story of the week. They had a special called meeting of uh, the board of trustees. We had talked about this already announced that this was coming but the vote happened and he is now officially the president of southwestern seminary yes he is so congratulations to him he and carla were there some great pictures uh, of the day southwestern's always done a really good job with their uh, photography yes and they just had some great pictures there's a great photo album up on their facebook page you can check that out if you'd like to and we mentioned that he was bringing some folks with him randy stinson the new provost at Southwestern. And I just want to point out something too. Dr. Greenway and Dr. Stinson, in addition to their administrative roles, 
they were also elected to the faculty. And Dr. Greenway yes. uh, will be teaching as well. So faculty and administrator, both of them, you know, they're going to be involved in the classroom as well as, you know, running the school. That's correct. So Randy Stinson comes from Southern Seminary, where he's been for a very long time and uh, has been the provost for the last few years. We've known him, uh, well, goodness, almost 20 years. He was at Southern Seminary as a PhD student when we uh, were first there and then just con- and then uh, was on the faculty, was uh, the dean of their uh, was the dean of the leadership school uh, and then was the dean of the leadership school and then has been the provost. Very beloved. We were at the same church with them. I love him and his wife, Dana. Their family is just wonderful. So congratulations uh, to them and their move to Texas. This is a, a, a really big deal. So like you said, congratulations to both of them and our good friend Colby Adams. Don't want to leave him out. Uh, no press release for Colby. Uh, so have to write his own. He's I know. He's going. We should do a press release. Well, for I, I think we there may be one something. coming down the line. There may be one coming yeah, down we later. Should, we, we could put something on SBC this week. Yes, we a whole page for Colby Adams. But Colby's going right. over as the chief of staff uh, for Dr. Greenway. So he's also uh, started at Fort Worth. So we talked to him last night. Right. They're excited to get on They've the ground the and ground get running. things going. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot yeah. of things to go. They have a trustee meeting in April, I think about four or five weeks from now. So there's a lot of things that they're trying to get done and trying to get in place before the trustee meeting so those can get approved for the fall semester. So they'll have everything, you know, approved moving forward. So a lot of work to be sure. done there, and we wish them all the best. Congratulations again to Dr. Greenway. We had a special podcast this week with him. Uh, we released after his election on Wednesday. You can go back and check that out. That's episode 203. It's an interview with Dr. Greenway that we conducted. And uh, you could hear his vision for the seminary and beyond. So uh, congratulations again to everyone involved at Southwestern a uh, great choice and uh, a great man, and we're looking for great things from the seminary. All right, Amy, the other big news of the week. Two weeks ago here on the podcast, we really laid out the story about the Houston Chronicle investigation into the Southern Baptist churches and sex abuse in the convention. Last week was really about J.D. Greer, his speech at the executive committee meeting. Well, the executive committee meeting last Saturday afternoon released a statement from the bylaws work group issued a response to Dr. Greer, and that kind of dominated the news for the first half of the week, Amy. So walk us through everything that went on with that, what the response was, what it was for, and and kind of where we are now moving forward. Right. So when we kind of left off last week, Dr. Greer had given his address, and in his address, he had discussed uh, the fact that some churches were named in the Houston Chronicle and that that should be taken with seriousness and, and considered that some due diligence should be done. And he actually named, uh, and he actually named some churches. So the bylaws work group made a recommendation to the full executive committee, which was accepted, uh, by the full executive committee. And it was this recommendation that Dr. Greer should provide information to the bylaws work group about these churches. He did share that with them on Friday afternoon, February 22nd, and the work group immediately met that day and the next. Um, so I, I'm assuming that was probably, you know, they, they are from all over the place. So it 
probably would have been by conference call or, you know, something, yes. something like that. And they made decisions based on the information that they had about sort of what to do next. Uh, and from that, they decided that further inquiry was warranted into three of the churches that were on the list. Uh, now, they laid out some criteria that they used. They sort of went by the, they, they sort of went by criteria that was connected with the proposed constitutional amendment, uh, which we talked about that last week, that gave them kind of a guideline. And so they explained that in full in their report. So that's what we learned on Saturday night. Now, after that, obviously, that was picked up by the media. There have been several stories. We're going to share a, uh, we're going to share some Baptist press stories that give several reactions. There are statements from Dr. Greer, from interim president Augie Boto, from chairman Mike Stone. BP also did a story where they reached out to all of the churches. Not all of them were, uh, not all of them responded, but several did and they gave those reactions. Uh, there were, have been a handful of other media reports as well. So it's gotten quite a bit of coverage this week. It has. It has dominated uh, my phone and dominated Twitter and all the SBC discussions this week, it seems. Yeah, it really has. I've been thinking through how to process it since public conversation is exactly that. It's just very public and people are sharing all of their thoughts. You just see a whole spectrum of uh, opinions on this, which there are always a, a joke. What is it your boss says where there are there are two, two Southern Baptists? There's at least three opinions. Yes, yes. So uh, th this has been no different. But I will tell you two things that I have noticed that I think are important. One is, and I don't know about you, but I am seeing from big picture as far as uh, maybe more public conversations all the way down to things in my own church, um, all the way down to conversations with people around here and even in my own church, I am seeing more discussion than I've ever seen about churches making sure that their own policies and procedures are tight. Yes and clear and uh and that everyone understands and knows that background checks are updated. I mean, I got emails this week. I work the check-in desk, so I don't I don't even work in our uh, children's ministry in classrooms, but I just work the check-in desk. I got an update that I needed to do a new, you know, kind of a renewed background check because they were doing it with everyone. I needed to read the policies and procedures again and, and sign off on them. So uh, my church is taking this very seriously. I'm hearing this from others and have seen that discussion in the public square as well. So I see that. I find that very important um, and I'm grateful for that. The other thing that I am noticing is, and I've seen this more on Twitter, I guess some of it's anecdotal, but I've seen uh, folks in the media, I've seen leaders, I've seen others uh, commenting that they are are hearing stories from survivors in the wake of this. And if I can just be honest, I have actually heard some stories, I've had people I know reach out to me in the last few weeks. I think that is a very important development that people uh, feel that there is a space uh, to come forward and to speak. And I think we need to take that very seriously because that's something that takes a lot of courage. It's very difficult. And we need to, to recognize the importance of that moment and slow down 
to listen and to think about what, even in individual situations, what actions we can take in our own churches, in our own uh, relationships, how we can help people. Uh, so those are two conversations that in the midst of the SBC politics, I don't want those two to get missed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and you know, this issue really kind of first came to the forefront about 10 or 11 years ago in the SBC. And those are conversations that, that some of us had, but not on the scale that we're having now. These conversations, somewhat of a, a decade overdue, are happening nonetheless now, and, and that's a good thing. And people, are, I think, are more willing to have the conversations with survivors to hear their stories, to realize what has gone on, and then also to make proactive changes uh, in their own churches. So uh, both of those I would consider a, a good thing and a good place for us, whether they're late or not, they're happening now, and, and that's a good thing for us to uh, to be doing in the in the convention in our churches, in our daily lives uh, as well. So yes. uh, we'll keep an eye on this and see what's next. I, I expect this to kind of be developing all the way to Birmingham. You know, we're 102, 103 days out right now. I expect it to be the next 102, 103 days that we will be right. talking about this. This this will not stop anytime soon, and it shouldn't. I mean, there's a lot of work that we've got yeah. to do here. And, uh, you know, we're Birmingham's not the end of it either. It'll It'll continue on after that. It, it isn't. And I think it's also important to remember we have a number of leaders in the convention. We have a number of voices. We're all going to come to the table with ideas. I think we need to be resolute that we have to do something. I think everyone sees that, that as these stories come to the to the forefront, we should recognize that we have to do something and everything from educating our churches to thinking through survivor care to thinking through how we can spur one another on that predators cannot hide in our system. And uh, there are a lot of great ideas that I've seen in articles that I have that we have talked about that were talked about at the executive committee meeting from different leaders. Everything needs to be considered, but we all need to work together. Uh, all the entities, all the churches, everything to say this problem has to stop. Absolutely. And it's good. Like you said, it's going to take us all working together. And that's something uh, many of us are committed to. So we will uh, keep you updated on the story as it develops. We don't know where this story will head. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of ideas, a lot of different thoughts on how to address certain aspects of this. So we will keep you updated on that. Also this week, Amy, the official launch of the Who's Your One Evangelism Initiative uh, that took place earlier in the week. A bunch of kits went out in the mail. I've seen pastors with those kits. They You can order them yep. on the NAM store at namstore.com or whosyourone.com. So you can uh, do that. You can order a kit for your church. I, I've seen pastors. I was on a conference call today with a pastor, and he had it and uh, showed it to me. So uh, that was kind of cool. So check that out at whosyourone.com. Get your Who's Your One kit and get that evangelism initiative going in your church. I've seen so many yeah. churches that are doing this. And and just so that you know, this it's free. Yeah, it's free just kit. Go, it's, you just go to the NAM store, uh, go to whosyourone.com, and you can click on it, and you just add it to your cart, and it comes to you. So don't hesitate. Get that kit. Yeah, so it's got everything you need. It's got digital resources, promotional graphics, sermon outlines, slides, transcripts, sermon samples, a bulletin insert, 30-day prayer guide, prayer journal, prayer bookmarks, poster. It's got everything. So everything. everything you need to get Who's Your One going in your church. So I'm really looking forward to the outcome of this. This is 
shouldn't be just a who's your one and, and you're done. You find one and you find another one and you find another one. This is an ongoing thing, folks. Yeah. One of the things I love hearing from, because this has been an emphasis at the Summit Church for a long time, which is in our area. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that when they really focus on who's your one and then they, you know, a lot of times they have... When someone's baptized, the, the person that, you know, that was their one is, is in the baptistry with them. And then you hear that that person is saying, Hey, pray for me because I got to find my next one. Uh, so it's not who's your one. This isn't one and done. This isn't Kentucky. Yeah. It's not who's your one and done. Oh, wow. You went there. Wow. You, you should have gone with Duke being there in the triangle because they have embraced that right now. Wow. They, they have, but I have to pick on. Coach Calipari, uh, I'm sorry. Absolutely, I'm I'm all for that. I mean, I, I'm yes. not complaining at all. So yeah, I'm just going to say that 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 Kentucky's not number one in the SEC right now. Just throwing that out there. Uh, that is that is true. That is, that true. is very true. And uh and and in the Whitfield House, we're we're actually pretty excited about uh how things are going in SEC basketball right now. Yeah, so especially in the How House, trust me. First place yeah. Tigers. That's right. Okay, um, over to Midwestern. <laughs> Two PhD emphases have been added, uh, one in biblical theology and biblical counseling to their PhD emphasis core there. So uh, Andreas Kostenberger and Dale Johnson will be helping out in those two areas respectively. So congratulations to those guys for two more PhD emphases. We have some departures, Amy, to cover this week. Jonathan Key, Vice President for Institutional Advancement at New Orleans, has stepped down, quote, to pursue other opportunities, end quote. Uh, Mark Hagelman will replace him in an interim role until the new president comes in, uh, which we expect to happen, uh, I guess, sometime this summer, you know, later in the spring, in the summer. So uh, they right. should be pretty close to that down there at New Orleans. Also down at the University of Mobile, Amy, Tim Smith resigned, uh, citing personal reasons. I resigned earlier this week. And then also we had a retirement late Thursday afternoon. Got news of this one. Jim Futrell, the executive director since the late 90s in Mississippi, is retiring at the end of October. So some departures. Yeah, that's a big announcement. Yeah, some departures here in the SBC. And finally, Amy, this story surprised me when I saw it today. Right, Families, you sent this to me. Yeah, family members of the victims and survivors of the 2017 mass shooting, not the 2107 mass shooting. Right, it says. that's a little, <laughs> a little yeah, typo. A little typo. Uh, in right. Sutherland Springs have filed a consolidated lawsuit against Academy Sports and Outdoors where the shooter purchased the weapon and the ammunition used in the attack. Wow, that's, a, that's fascinating. So what they're claiming is that Academy Sports illegally sold the rifle that was used that he he purchased it at an academy store in San Antonio. Here's what they have explained. That the sale of a weapon like that is legal in Texas, but was outlawed in Colorado after the mass shooting in uh, Aurora in 2012. Yeah. That was at the, the movie, movie theater. theater. Yeah. Right. So when he bought the gun, he listed a Colorado Springs address on the record, and he presented a state-issued ID to confirm residency in Colorado. And the lawsuit says a Texas gun dealer cannot legally sell a firearm and deliver to a citizen of another state if that sale would not have been legal in the purchaser's state of residence. And it claims that they have for many years illegally sold assault rifles to out-of-state buyers regardless of the law in those states. 
and uh, that they are putting the public at risk. So he passed a background check. It says the Academy Sports, they deny responsibilities saying that they passed that, that he passed a background check. And they say that when the sale is made in person, that the federal law barring interstate sale of guns doesn't apply. So very, so this, this will be an interesting sort of legal argument specifically over the idea of selling, you know, from state to state, but it, it is an interesting uh, development. Yeah. And the 56 individuals are seeking more than $1 million each in damages. So uh, this is a pretty hefty lawsuit here. And we'll, we'll keep an eye on this, but I do want to note Frank Pomeroy, the pastor of the church and his, uh, who lost, I think his, uh, his daughter in, in the shooting. Uh, we met him and his wife this past year at the Dallas SBC, uh, annual yes. meeting. And, uh, yeah, but, we did. but they are not part of the lawsuit. Just want to point that okay. out. Okay. Uh, but this will be interesting because as we discuss, you know, as we have a larger public conversation about gun control, this kind of gets into these are some gun control laws at a, a at a certain level, and how do those get enforced? And uh, so we'll we'll have to see how this turns out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on the news front. That's going to bring us to this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to just go to 1995 and to a Baptist Press issue that I just found fascinating. This is the February 27th, 1995 issue of Baptist Press. There are a few milestone stories in there. The vote for Robert Sloan to become president of Baylor University. So he is still the current president. And also the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary Search Committee was seeking recommendations for their presidency, which ultimately resulted in Chuck Kelly becoming the president. I actually have brought this issue for some articles toward the end that I just found fascinating. And it's a series of articles. One is titled Christian Witnesses Venture Onto Information Superhighway. Then there's an article, High Tech Witnesses Offer Suggestions. Another one about online minister works from his home and then computerized gospel presentation available. So it's a four article series. It is all about evangelism via America Online. You've got mail. AOL Evangelism. It's an entire, it's an entire series that talks about cyber ministry, all the different ways they talk about electronic witnessing. Someone said they say electronic witnessing requiring perseverance. And the whole thing is how to go into chat rooms, talking about how to do it for free, go to the public library. Uh, it was this, you know, obviously in 1995, the Internet is very new to everyone. And I, I remember this. That would have been when I was a freshman in college. And AOL was really all you could have. That was the f- I had just gotten my first email address. You've got mail. And all you really did was go into chat rooms. That was that was pretty much it. That's dangerous. And they Amy. were they were all different hobbies. My there my roommate had one. They were you know you could go in one if you, you you could go into chat rooms if you liked cars or if you liked horses or or whatever. Well, this this is all about people who would go in and put comments out, answer questions. Uh, they talk about being part of the cyberspace world and going onto bulletin boards. Uh, so this is the most fascinating. It's like a little time capsule giving tips of what to do. And then when you look, and here we are, you know, 24 years later, 
we're doing everything on our phones and we're putting things out on Twitter. It's a completely different world. It, it's just a, it's just kind of an, an interesting little read. Yeah. So check this issue out. Definitely some milestones, but also we were just talking about the public conversation as it happened on social media. Well, they were also talking about public conversation online this week in SBC history. All right. You know what would be the worst like evangelism opener online back then? What? You've got hell. I. That is one of the cheesiest that... That, I don't even have an answer for that. It was that, that was, bad. It was. It was yeah, that bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. All I, right. Well, I we're going to move on to the resources of the week. Your resource of the week is? Mine is an article from a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a blog post, actually, from the Biblical Woman site, uh, which is the blog at Southwestern Seminary. And it's by Katie McCoy. She's on faculty there. And the title of it is, God is Not Silent About Sexual Assault. Katie does some great work specifically digging into Old Testament theology, really looking at how God's law shows us something about the character of God. And uh, she she lays out that God is not silent about sexual abuse. Some really uh, great points that she makes. It's it's a brief article, and I you know I don't usually do blog posts and and things here uh, in in our resource, but I appreciated it so much that I wanted to to throw it out there. So she does some great work at Southwestern and specifically on biblicalwoman.com. I I liked this a lot. All right. And my resource of the week is the upcoming movie Kingdom Men Rising. There's an article in Baptist Press this week about that. It's uh, it's Tony Evans, Tony Dungy, and a couple of others, uh, Tim Brown, John Kitna. I mean, there's it's all kind of people going to be in this thing. And it's really addressing the current state of manhood and what God requires of men. So uh, it's it's an extension of two of Tony Evans' books, The Kingdom Man Book and No More Excuses. It's a two-night event in theaters on April the 29th and 30th, and your church can go and you know buy out a theater or buy blocks of tickets, things like that, men's groups. It's perfect for like if you want to do a men's outing for your church or something like that. Uh, you can check that out and find out more information about the film, see the trailer and everything at KingdomMenRisingMovie.com. That's KingdomMenRisingMovie.com. Very cool. Well, Amy, that's going to do it for the show this week. Again, reminder, folks, registration is open for Birmingham. So get elected as a messenger at your church. Fill out your pre-registration information at SBCAnnualMeeting.net. And I hope we'll see you in Birmingham. I hope so, too. And as we start talking about things more as new releases come out about the meeting, if you have uh, thoughts or interest in what's going on, certainly we can track the public conversation. But the best thing that we can do is plan to be there. Absolutely. So I know I'll be there. I know Amy will be there. So we hope you will be there as well. Don't forget the uh, special interview that dropped with Adam Greenway earlier in the week. Check that out and give that a listen. Hear all about uh, everything over at Southwestern and his vision for the school and what's next in the long, illustrious history of Southwestern Seminary. Congratulations to him again on being named president. Hopefully, Amy will have some other presidential announcements soon. Coming up. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks again to Southern Seminary for sponsoring us, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.
got mail.